0: This is Amazing Things, and I'm Adam Belmar. Today, a field trip to Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C. to deliver a report to Congress on how NIH research funding is having a powerful impact on the economies of rural states. Join us as we go under the dome of the U.S. Capitol for a front-row seat to a very special briefing.
1: The Amazing Things Podcast is presented by United for Medical Research, because America's investment in medical research through the National Institutes of Health is making amazing things possible. Learn more at unitedformedicalresearch.com.
0: Biomedical research and science are creating more than new treatments and potential cures. In Alabama, Arkansas, Kentucky, Maine, Mississippi, Montana, and West Virginia. They are also providing much-needed jobs, tax revenue, and hope. And that's the message that our guest, Alex Curry, Senior Director of Federal Relations for Vanderbilt University Medical Center and the President of United for Medical Research, helped deliver
2: to Congress. Alex,
0: welcome to Amazing Things.
2: Well, thank you, Adam. It's great to be with you today. I'm looking forward to our conversation.
0: So this podcast is one of the things that we do at United for Medical Research, but perhaps the most important thing we do is providing members of Congress with important detailed information about the impact that our federal investment in biomedical research through the National Institutes of Health are having. Tell us about this report that you helped brief Congress on and what led us to this exploration.
2: That's right, Adam, and, and we're very excited about this report that we just released. Um, and the genesis of this idea really focuses on the return on investments in rural states of NIH investment. So for a long time, I think there's been a, a good level of understanding about What is the the impact not only on health outcomes and new uh, cures and and treatments for uh, uh, folks uh, that need uh, these therapies, but also the economic return on investment for jobs, for uh, the the life science industries and communities uh, across the nation? Now, you you take a place like Massachusetts, where there's maybe a big cluster of. That's right, Cambridge, Cambridge, everybody knows about biomedical research. That's right. And so that, that connection point is well understood but then you go some into some more rural areas of the country, some rural states, including the ones you, you mentioned that our report highlights, and that understanding is, is perhaps not as prevalent. so this report, Uh, looks deeply into the economic uh, impact in these particular communities and states.
0: So we were lucky enough to be sponsored in delivering this event by two remarkable members of Congress, United States Senator Cindy Hyde-Smith from Mississippi and Representative Womack from Arkansas.
3: Congress doesn't create cures, but the policies we implement in Washington affect the ability of those experts to do so. And as your report highlighted, NIH research and development is happening in states across the U.S., including my very state of Arkansas. Now, when you think about medical research, you may not immediately think of some of the more smaller rural-type states like Arkansas or West Virginia. But medical research in my state is not only helping to improve treatments and cures, it's also supporting good-paying jobs, partnerships with local schools like the University of Arkansas for Medical Sciences, and economic activity.
4: So the research is so vital. Today is really important of what you're unveiling. Medical research, the budgets for this is so critical. It's such a huge economic impact on our area as well. I am one grateful U.S. Senator for everything that you spend time on doing because I've been the recipient of it, but I know how important it is. Please know I'm your advocate, I'm your friend, and I'm a pretty good fighter.
2: The research community has been very blessed by several years of bipartisan, bicameral support for the NIH, and, and I'm, I'm here today saying that, thankfully, it looks like that is going to continue yeah. into the future, and not least because of leaders like Senator Hyde-Smith and Congressman Womack. Uh, these are two members who have, um, uh, from different vantage points on the Hill, taken leadership roles in supporting this important work.
0: Now, the, the actual Meat of this report was done by an economist that we have worked with before, Chuck Lawton. He did a great job of not only talking about the impact that these federal dollars have on these smaller rural states, but also painting a picture of what a future will look
3: like if we pull the plug on it. The essence of NIH-funded research as an economic driver is that it's already distributed all the way across the state. Not equally, not everybody, but every state gets some. And what we're looking at is economic activity, basically GDP, gross domestic product, jobs, development of the labor market, state and local revenues, and fundamentally the health potential that's available from NIH funding. I think there's a very important point to be made about the human capital impact of NIH funding. If you look at the Department of Labor census data on average pay by the scientific R&D sector, in all of those states, those seven states, it's twice as high as the average for all sectors in the state. NIH-funded activity, both the NIH funding and the indirect uh, benefits that are provided through vendors and through uh, employee spending, produce high-paying jobs. And even more particularly, for workers under the age of 25, they're 1.8 times higher.
2: One thing that I took away is this report highlights that NIH is is doing its its fair share and more in supporting economic growth in a very important and vibrant industry, and not just in the big megacities on either coast.
0: One of the things that I enjoyed the most, and I know the members of the audience did because the questions landed there so prominently, was a talk that came from Dr. Arnett.
1: I've been continuously funded from the NIH for the past 25 years. And my area of focus has been in the area of cardiovascular disease, disease, specifically around hypertension in African-Americans. So I've focused a lot on disparities. African-Americans have the highest rates of hypertension and higher blood pressure levels among those who are hypertensive than any other ethnic group in the world. And they have more target organ damage. So my research portfolio over the last 25 years has been to try to understand the genes that have contributed to that hypertensive heart disease in particular. And we have found some really exciting markers for that.
2: Yeah, so, UMR felt very lucky that we were able to uh, snag uh, Dr. Arnett, right. who's got a busy schedule. And she's not only a, a dean of a school of public health at the University of Kentucky, uh, but also a researcher herself. Indeed.
1: Three years ago, I moved to the state of Kentucky where I was born. Um, And Kentucky is an interesting place, um, mostly rural, more than 50% rural. We have the number one rate of cancer in the country. We're number three in cardiovascular disease in the country. And the opioid epidemic really started in Eastern Kentucky, um, Western West Virginia. um, And our state has been ravaged by these health outcomes.
0: In many ways, uh, Dr. Arnett echoed some of the remarks early on from Senator Hyde Smith about the differentiated nature of life in rural states, and how our culture impacts our health, and how studying diverse group of Americans makes all the difference. Our other guest, George Blau, a survivor of ovarian cancer, a beneficiary of NIH research into cancer, that was really powerful.
4: I'm a 28-year ovarian cancer survivor. I've been 21. I've been stage four for 21 of the 28 years. Research is why I'm in this room today. In 1990, my life was saved by a drug called Taxol. That drug started from the bark of the Pacific yew tree in 1962. The drug didn't make it to the market until 1990, where many women, mothers, wives, sisters, daughters died waiting for the drug. The drug didn't make it because the government funding wasn't there. I didn't think I would live to be 45, but thanks to research and Taxol, I'll be celebrating my 73rd birthday this June. My husband, my four children, my six grandchildren, and I are grateful for the extra 28 years that research has given to me. We need the funding. And we need the research to continue.
2: Yeah, George is a remarkable woman, and 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 somebody that has um, such a, a wonderful story to tell. Because as you mentioned, she is a cancer survivor, yeah. and so there's that personal connection. Uh, what's lovely about um, the, the the story that uh, George has is over time, and in her advocacy as a as a personal a patient advocate, uh, she also learned and connected with. Uh, a researcher who is involved in developing the treatment that she has been taking, which is just incredible. I mean, think of the opportunities to, to actually sit across the table and, and, and converse with a person who's been working to help you uh, and others like you um, uh, fight your disease. One of the
0: things that really brought it home for me, Alex, was that we, we, we were able to harness uh, a voice from industry. As a stakeholder at United for Medical Research, Thermo Fisher Scientific is one of the, the most important manufacturers supporting research science across America. But did you know, and most people did not, that they have a very important manufacturing site in Alabama, and we had this fellow, Carlos James, an engineer uh, who has come up in his own state and really driven labor force education and his own community forward tremendously as he leads this great business effort for Thermo Fisher. NIH funding is very, very important to rural areas. It plays a significant role, especially in a state like, like Alabama. Our factory, we, we, we've been in existence for over 15 years, and we, we've experienced a lot of growth. We grew from 30 people up to over 140 people. The sustainability to be there that long is a direct result of NIH funding and working with our partner, with our customers, providing them with the products that are part of the research and development that falls from NIH funding. And the extended value chain as well that Chuck mentioned earlier, is a uh, huge part of the support that goes along with the 140 people for our site location.
2: Yeah, Carlos is great, and I think you're absolutely right, Adam. What was nice to have uh, Thermo Fisher and Carlos on the panel was I'm pretty convinced that this was a perspective that perhaps is underrepresented Mm -hmm. in this context uh, for policymakers. Yes, of course, uh, lawmakers uh, typically meet with business leaders from their state. They know of the important work they're doing from an economic development standpoint. But to make that linkage with federal investment and NIH-funded research, is uh, something that uh, I think a lot of people in the room were just kind of uh, cottoning on to, right? And and, uh, Carlos, um, who is a plant manager uh, and uh, manager of operations there uh, for his facility uh, for Thermo Fisher, uh, did a great job in explaining uh, how important the partnership with the federal government and with NIH is in their industry and in their company helping to build uh, tools, uh, scientific instrumentation, uh, medical devices that play into the research uh, infrastructure and ecosystem. So without these companies, um, along with the researchers, along with the patients who are the tireless advocates, uh, we'd get you know, very little done in this space.
0: Well, that is really at the heart of what united for medical research is all about i have to say thank you to you because you make uh, amazing things possible here as a podcast but really help us all shine a light back on what nih is
2: doing thanks for being here on amazing things my pleasure adam thanks uh, for having me here today
1: the amazing things podcast is presented by united for medical research because america's investment in medical research through the national institutes of health is making amazing things possible Learn more at unitedformedicalresearch.com.